I'm Isa Laverhoorn. This is SEO in 2023 Additional Insights. So what's your additional insight for SEO in 2023? My additional insight is it's all about personalization. Now, when I what I mean by that, obviously it's quite a broad term, isn't it? But I think it's something as SEOs we really need to be thinking about um, this year. Personalization goes under like a sort of an arc and there's under that it's like an umbrella of key things we need to be thinking about. So obviously relevancy, we always talk about relevancy, but I think sometimes we kind of hone in on the sort of relevancy that sort of Google wants or, you know, Google experts are talking about, but actually we really need to think about relevancy from a customer centric point of view. Also, we really need to be thinking about like inclusivity and diversity. And and what I mean by that is obviously like from a, from a content and outreach perspective, which is sort of my expertise and where it's sort of what I look at a lot. Google loves a backlink profile with really, really nice deferring domains. And to kind of get those deferring domains, if you kind of keep targeting the same audience all the time, you're not really going to get the links from different types of audiences and different types of publications. So you really need to think about your strategy and how you're going to get the reach out there to, to different audiences that are still relevant to you and your business, but that you're kind of thinking a little bit out of the box. I'd also say in terms of personalization, accessibility is something that sometimes we miss. We don't really do like as we should be doing it all the time. So accessibility in terms of sort of languages, I mean, obviously I know not everyone can afford kind of translation, but it's something that you need to think about. Accessibility also with like adding alt text to images or font sizes, all that kind of stuff to make sure that we're being really inclusive with kind of audiences we're bringing in. And I would also say, you know, thinking about, oh, Lots and lots of AI stuff is coming along. Um, that's coming far, hard and fast. So I think it's never been more important to really think about how we think about creating content for the audiences that we want to see. So at the moment, I think sometimes with SEOs, we kind of think Google wants this, Google wants that, but actually Google wants what audiences want. So I think sometimes we need to take a step back and actually go, okay, how can we kind of reach to our audiences in a way that's going to resonate with them rather than always kind of thinking about the sort of the SEO Google handbook. So when you started off saying it's all about personalization, my general digital marketing head went, um, that means that um, it's about different content delivered to different users and personalizing everything that you do towards um, different individuals. But um, I'm presuming that you mean actually finding a very specific target audience that's uh, appropriate for your business and, and writing to them as opposed to personalizing your content for each individual. Absolutely. I think it's about just expanding your segmentation, essentially. Sometimes what we do, especially in the marketing world and, you know, SEOs, a lot of the time we're out of the marketing conversation when it's stopped, when people are thinking from a brand perspective or above the line perspective and people kind of go, here's our ABC customer and those are the ones that we need to kind of target. And I think in terms of personalization, it's expanding that out a lot more to kind of think about who else could be. So if you think about your triangle and you've got your ABC customer, yes, absolutely. It's relevant for you to cater to them and, and reach them. But actually you need to think about sort of at the bottom of the sort of triangle, the other audiences that you could reach out to at different points of the year or with different products or um, with different experts that you've got on hand that you can speak to that can kind of, you just get that wider reach if you, if you think about that in terms of sort of strategy. 
So if you decide that you're talking to a fairly niche audience, but you believe that other people out there will be interested in what you do and your products and your services, how do you go about pinpointing who that new audience is and how do you go about finding them? Great question. So this is where kind of insight tools come in really handy. So um, using things like sort of answer the public, exploding topics. So you can literally find out what's trending in different areas where you as a niche, you know, product or business or service can tap into a certain audience or certain theme where you could join the conversation in an authentic, relevant and authoritative way. Okay. 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 Superb. And, and do you attempt to tailor the content that's already on your website to match the the needs and desires of, of this new audience? Or do you create separate content targeting these separate personas, if you like? Yeah, I think it it depends in terms of if you if you need to up, if you're looking at your performance. Obviously, if it's it's not break, don't fix it. So if you're looking at performance of the content that you have already, if there's ones that is performing really well uh, and it's doing the kind of job, then I don't think there's any sort of like prioritization to change that. But absolutely, with the ones that you know the pages that aren't performing well that you've kind of created for a reason, then it's definitely a good idea to go in and have a look at it and see how you could tailor it, tweak it, change it slightly to kind of. Uh, attract different audiences so for example it's not always about writing a 3,000 word you know (laughs) article it's not always the way to kind of engage with the audience if you've got a really visual kind of if if you're a beauty or a fashion or kind of a home you could do like how-to videos or you could do any kind of different types of content formats um, that's actually going to get new audiences in that you can engage with so for example let's say there was a client not a client but a a brand I did a case study that I looked at and kind of sort of thought about ways that they could create different kind of content for audiences that they might not be sort of engaging with so the brand in question is a a company that sell that sells like at home fitness equipment so at home fitness equipment so like you know mats and um, weight weight training stuff and skipping ropes and all that kind of stuff and when you go on their website it's sort of targeted at you know an audience that is right for them so you'd have like personal trainers like yoga instructors and people who are like really fitness savvy and like to do stuff at home but actually there's so much more that they could be sort of engaging with so one could be like over 50s for instance there's people who are like you know we've never been more fit as the older we get so there's people who kind of like want to train at home that might be a bit older there's nothing really there's no training tips there's no content to kind of engage with them when they could be like a key customer that actually has got the spending power that they could be like you know attracting then we've got you know audiences you know with uh, living with disabilities who again really 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 savvy and in fitness and there's no content to serve them either you know fitness is also about mental health there's no content in there about you know the different different types of fitness you could do to kind of you know to help with mental health so this is just like a classic example of how you've got a brand that's kind of you know doing content for their target audience but not really thinking about the different types of audiences that they could be creating content for to bring into the fold and get the wider reach essentially. Um, so, and again, that's where you get, you get the wider reach, the wider brand awareness, loads of lovely referring domains from kind of different publications and you're kind of killing loads of birds with one stone. So that's talking about finding new audiences and creating new content for new audiences there. But earlier on, you also talked about inclusivity and also diversity Mm -hmm. as well. And Mm -hmm. I would imagine for those two particular areas, um, you're talking about people who 
are reading your content and thinking it's just not resonating with me. I don't relate to it directly based upon my circumstance. So I would imagine for that particular scenario, it's about adapting your existing content as opposed to creating new content. Absolutely. So then it again, it's just doing that bit of research and, and you know, taking a sit back seat, like all the kind of insight you can get from search, from search data. It's telling you everything. You'd see what people are searching for and different types of audience that are searching for. And literally it gives you the idea of what you could be creating. So even if it's changing an image, like, you know, to make sure the image has got, you know, you know, has representation or like is it what I was saying before, like accessibility to make sure that you've got, you know, your font and everything is like clear enough for people that might not have, you know, the eyesight of the bigger audiences that you're catering for. Locality as well. You know, if you're if you're a brand that kind of actually can target people from a local point of view, it's something to kind of think about in that sense as well. So again, with what I was saying, my main point was sort of that, you know, referring domains and backlink profiles google loves when different audiences are kind of pointing to you saying these guys know what they're talking about but that com- that completely relates to me because they're kind of saying something in a way that I- that resonates with me and it's telling google like wow these guys really know their stuff because it's coming from different audiences sort of saying yeah these guys are you know are good they know what they're talking about Okay, uh, so I must um, go back to your point there. You're saying Google love um, when you've got these unique domains pointing to you. How do you get links? Um, so are, are, are you a fan of doing outreach? Is there a certain style of content um, that you're good at producing that naturally produce links? Yes, well, I'm a, a digi PR girl, as they say, digital PR, which I suppose it's kind of, you know, one would say one of the hardest kind of link building kind of tactics but I think it's got longevity because it's a kind of brand awareness tactic at the same time so in terms of getting links it's kind of using your your eats using all your expertise so if you've got you know experts in-house um you make them famous essentially so if there's any kind of topics being talked about so like one of the clients i have they uh sell b2b cyber security <laughs> so for instance which you know on day-to-day might not be you know the thing that's talked about all the time, but actually they're they're really, really going to be at the forefront now because everyone's talking about AI. So they can come in and kind of say, right, these experts and this, they talk about fraud prevention. So they could come forward and really answer some questions about, you know, how we need to be tackling fraud prevention um, with AI coming in. So that's like an example of using experts. Another one would be like using your customer data. So if you've got any insight internally, either if it's sales insight or customer insight, and um, where you can kind of say, actually, we, you, we're seeing a trend here um, where our customers are doing, changing their behavior or buying certain things at a certain time and you can use that data and kind of go out and sort of say look we've got this information for you which would be useful to Jonas so essentially when with link building in terms of the tactics I love to use is thinking about content that the news agenda and the news cycle is going to find interesting because once you've got that and you've banked that you can kind of it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving because then you can always go forward with that as a brand as a business as a service to kind of offer them different stories, different angles, different expertise to then get, you know, the coverage. One thing I would say is sometimes if sort of traditional PR tactics, they would kind of do it uh, and get the sort of coverage without really thinking about kind of getting that sort of link back. So I think you really do need to then work hand in hand with getting that new story out there, but then making sure you've got that content online that sort of A, supports that and and, and B, get, gives like a, a wider explanation of what you're saying and why, and why you're saying it. 
Great. Okay. So I loved your first example there of talking about um, your B2B company there that um, might want to get involved with the conversation when it's about AI, certainly as well. Um, so you tend to recommend your clients, um, or I suppose you do this for your clients, maybe defining certain categories of topic that happen uh, to be being discussed as part of the news. And then when it happens, then immediately jump in there with uh, a different perspective on things. Absolutely. So you could, it's twofold in terms of that sort of agenda. So you would have a pre-planned sort of diary. There's always a budget every year. Um, summer always comes around where there's like hay fever. Christmas comes around every year. So you then kind of, if you pre-plan that diary and you work out where your sort of expertise feeds in and you can prep all that content ready out there literally ready to go to kind of offer commentary and then on the, in the second fold it is kind of that sort of reactive news jacking stuff there could be something that comes up that you know really all over the news like for instance you know we've got uh, someone who's got speeding has got a speeding fine for instance that's something that's all over the news so any car insurance or car kind of brands really need to be jumping on that news cycle and coming up with loads and loads of different tips on you know how to avoid avoid speeding and what all the steps that you should take and these are the options for you so this is again how you can kind of jump on any kind of news agenda going on because because it's topical that's what people are going to be wanting to talk about so you essentially have your proactive content planned and then you have your reactive content you know that something's going to come up any minute and then you need to think on your feet and sort of you see how you could use your clients or your or your brand or your service in the best way to join in the conversation as quickly as possible so you've shared what seo should be doing in 2023 now let's talk about what seo shouldn't be doing so what's something that's seductive in terms of time but ultimately counterproductive what's something that seos shouldn't be doing in 2023 I mean, this might be controversial. I don't know. But I know people are still onto the, we must do like 3,000 words on a page. Like I don't, I, you know, I, I disagree. I think long form content, absolutely. Yes. And when it's needed, it is absolutely something you should do. But sometimes people do it and you're kind of, it, it is a waste of, of resource um, because it's not, sometimes I've, I've seen a situation where a page is ranking higher that's got less content on it. So some it's not always about like the volume of content you have on a page. Sometimes it's about getting the point across, making sure you're answering the query as quickly as possible, making sure that when the user comes on, they're not com- they're not sort of overwhelmed by the type of content that you have. It all needs to be sort of um, formatted in a digestible way. And it's not always about writing sort of 3000 words on a page. And that's what I think personally that SEO shouldn't be doing, but it's probably controversial because I think maybe some people might disagree, but yeah, that's my kind of, you don't always need to write loads and loads of content on a page. It's not always going to get you Oh, certainly a very pertinent point because with ChatGTP, with um, AI, exactly. with content generation, it's very tempting, isn't it, just to create as much content as quickly as possible, but it's not necessarily the right thing to do. Exactly. And actually, this was the case um, in a training um, session I did last week for a client. And we looked at um, a backlink profile and there was one page where um, we were looking at the top five positions of the sort of a page for a certain term. And the client in question had the singing, dancing, all bells and everything page with loads and loads of content on it, loads and loads of cute. It's like a scroll, scroll, scroll. And then the page that ranked number one was like a really simple, simple, like literally about three or four paragraphs and kind of talk to the team that I was sort of training. And I was like, you know, why do you guys think, you know, that this page is ranking number one and your client is ranking like number nine? And they were like, you know, they were sort of like, didn't really want to say because, um, you know, they kind of, you know, 
quite a junior team, but they sort of had it on the mind. He just said that when someone goes on their client page, even though it's like singing and dancing, it's overwhelming. Uh, and the topic is quite complicated. So any kind of user that would go on would sort of look at it and go, oh, and I'm, I'm out. I can't understand what this is. I don't understand. I don't even know how to get into this because this is where people are sort of creating for Google, but actually we should be creating for the user because that's what, that's what Google wants. So I think it's really important to think about things like that when kind of that sort of content creation it's not always about having loads and loads of text on a page it's you know it's really thinking about how your customers like to consume content what's the best performing content isn't always the one that's got the longest kind of you know word count and just yeah making everything customer centric and personalized <laughs> as i was saying before isa lavan is an independent digital strategist and you can find her over at digiprcoms.com Isa, thanks so much for adding your additional insight to SEO in 2023. No problem. Thanks for having me. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to SEO in 2023 Additional Insights, a majestic series that complements the original SEO in 2023 podcast, video series, and book. Find out more over at seoin2023.com.